Welcome to Surfcast. Thank you for joining me. My guest today is Chaplain Major Patricia Nichols. She currently serves as the Brigade Chaplain for the 75th Field Artillery Brigade at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. She's an ordained minister in the Church of God. She graduated from Lee University. She is actually the mom of four boys, and I think two of them attended Lee, and the youngest one is currently a student here at Lee University. Her and her husband are dual chaplains in the United States Army, and I'm delighted to have her in the studio today. Alongside her, for a brief encounter in this episode, is Lena Barber. Lena Barber is a licensed professional counselor here at Lee University, and they've been friends for a very, very long time. She also has a son who I think was a pyromaniac. Stick around and you'll know why. Major Nichols, welcome to Servecast. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing very well. So I know a lot of people call you Patricia and Lena Barber. My friend Lena and your friend Lena Barber is in the studio. Welcome, Lena. Hello. You're Good going to, to call here. her Patricia, but I'm going to call her Major Nichols because that's just what I have to do because of my time in the Marine Corps many, many years ago. <laughs> Absolutely. You got it. So, Lena, there's a story about you and uh, Major Nichols. You've been friends for a very long time, right? Yes. So how long? So um, as long as she's been alive. And <laughs> when I was 13 years old, um, her mom and dad came to the center yep. in, Germany, in Germany. And that's where we met them. Good. In fact, my mother uh, was known to have prayed her into the world. Oh, yeah. Yes. So we Good go stuff. way back. As you know, with the military, you kind of uh, meet years on mm-hmm. throughout the years, you know, so... For the past, well, as long as she's been on the earth, we've uh, cool. we've come and gone, yeah. Well, I'm glad you're past cross, and I'm glad you're in the studio with us today to enjoy Good. some time with your friend. But Major Nichols, let's get to a conversation. Now, you have four, four sons, four boys, right? Yes, yes. And one of those is named Wesley, right? Yes. Which was in my class at one point or on a project with me many years ago. What is the story, I think, that Wesley wants us to be remembered by? He and I, right? Stupid, uh, well, stupid, stupid, he, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He told me about ant, something about ant hills. And <laughs> Your son was a pyromaniac. <laughs> that was the problem. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So this was your son who normally ne- normally never causes you any trouble, right? All right, right. <laughs> well, let me tell you what he did. Responsible one. There you go. The response. He was very responsible that day. Actually, it was an innocent thing. Actually, I overreacted. I claim it now, but it was hilarious. <laughs> I never thought I would meet his mom, which is actually funny too, right? So here we are, we're at this um, service project in a neighboring county, we're right next door to the police station, and there's these anthills. Now, I took advice from him because I've burned probably 100 anthills since then. It's kind of a nice way to get rid of the ants. <laughs> but on that particular day, I'll never forget it, I don't even know where he got it from, but he had some kind of fuel he put on it and and um, lit it, and this thing is just you know burning and burning. It's like an anthill, it's not like a house fire, this is an anthill. And I come running across the field. And what does he say I said? Stupid, 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 stupid. (laughs) I may have learned that in the Marine Corps. I don't know. But uh, that's funny. So here's the deal, right? So you're a mom of some boys. And one of your students, one of your sons is now at Lee University as a current student, correct? Yeah. And you you were able to speak in chapel today. We're going to link... Uh, we'll link that chapel for anybody who wants to dig in and, and catch a hold of that. Okay. But but let's talk about you. Let's talk about from Lee University. Now you're a major in the Army and you're a chaplain. Why in the world did you go Army? And why in the world did you choose chaplaincy um, after having spent your time here at Lee? Well, um, 
My husband was in seminary, and while he was in seminary here to be an Army chaplain, I taught high school English at Bradley Central. Mm. And then we moved to our first assignment in Texas, Fort Hood, and decided at that point that we would have our um, two more sons. We were going to have two or four. Mm. And so um, I decided to stay home. So I had taught for three years and then decided to stay home with my children. And I stayed home with them for 10 years. And during that 10 years, uh, my husband is an Army chaplain and in endeavor to keep me close to him, he told me what he did. Mm. And I always said, what a great job. Wow, you've got such a great job. But I never thought about it as something for me to do. Mm. And, and I've always viewed my life that, you know, wherever I am, that is where God has me in that moment. And that is my ministry. And so when I taught high school, that was my ministry. That was my calling. When I stayed home with my children, that's where I was, my ministry. And then um, 9-11 happened. Mm. And my husband was in the 82nd Airborne at that time. And they were, you know, quick response. And they um, deployed to Afghanistan. And this was before Iraq started. Mm -hmm. And the communication wasn't very good. And there was a lot of high tension it was a stressful time. So I had four children, mm -hmm. and uh, this was before Facebook and all mm -hmm. the social media, and I felt I felt quite isolated. And I was the chaplain's wife, right? so people would come to me with their issues, but it was hard for me to open up to others. Mm -hmm. And so God used that time, though, to um, do something in my heart and in my mind, and, and I had felt God calling me from a very young age. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Germany as a, a pastor's daughter and I read a lot of missionary books, Strong Women and, uh, you know, Amy Carmichael mm -hmm. and Gladys Alwyn and other female missionaries. And I thought that's what God was calling me to do. And so um, some of those seeds, I think, that were sown when I was young just kind of started uh, sprouting during that difficult time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I also thought subconsciously that when he came home from this deployment, yeah. everything was going to be better. Gotcha. And as many soldiers will tell you, that is not the case. Mm -hmm. Often that reunion is, uh, you know, problematic and it can be rocky. And, uh, you know, this was early on before we had all of those, you know, mm -hmm. redeployment uh, briefings, things to kind of prepare you. And I wasn't quite prepared mm -hmm. for um, for our, our um, reunion. And uh, But God used that time, like I said, to get me in a different place and— um, you know, he 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 was he came home and he was talking to me about a couple of captains in his brigade who were going to take command, and um, I had never thought about dual army military uh -huh. people, uh -huh. and I said, "Wow, you know, maybe we could be dual army chaplains." And I had I, it came out of my mouth, but I had never thought about it. And, now you were you were still a civilian at this I time. I was I was a civilian, okay. stay at home mom, four kids, uh -huh. you know, doing the army volunteer army sure. wife thing. And he stopped what he was doing, and he looked at me and said, very matter-of-factly, you would make a great Army chaplain. And uh, I just laughed because it yeah. seemed too far-fetched. Sure. But because he had always told me what it was like to be a chaplain, I started seeing myself in all of these different um, scenarios. And, and I called a, a senior chaplain in the Church of God who yeah. had recently retired, Robert Jenkins. Yeah. I called him and I said, this is what I'm thinking. And he gave me a list of reasons why I shouldn't do it. Right. 
because it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody should ever do this without knowing for sure that God is calling you because it's hard. Mm-hmm. And he said, don't think you won't deploy. Don't think that you couldn't both deploy and leave your kids. You think about this. And I said, okay. And he mm-hmm. goes, but let me pray with you. And so he um, prayed a very simple prayer. And he said, God, if this is of you, I pray that she'll eat, drink, and sleep it. Mm-hmm. She'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is of you and that you'll just make a way for her in Jesus' name, amen. Mm. And um, I said, wow, if God answers that, then I'm good to go. And that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Even the financial piece, everything fell into place. Mm-hmm. And it has been such a joy. So how long have you been in the Army now? Uh, it will be 12 years in August. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. So let's talk a little bit about, now. have you been deployed, right? And, yes. and to where and what was your role there? Yes, so I was a battalion chaplain. It was my very first unit, and it was a signal unit. So we were scattered in 21 locations in Iraq. Mm -hmm. And so I spent my time, my year, uh, traveling. Um, You name the aircraft, I've pretty much been on it, convoys, getting to see my soldiers. Mm -hmm. And they were um, all over Iraq. And um, uh, it's very interesting because, you know, they were providing communications for the warfighter. Mm-hmm. So they would be small teams of maybe three, five. Some places there would be a platoon, maybe 35 soldiers there. And so when you go to see your soldiers, they may not be Christian. Mm-hmm. If I have three soldiers there, the likelihood of all three soldiers wanting to have a worship service is, is not right. very high. Right. But you're there to check on them to make sure that they're okay. And then there may be other soldiers that aren't yours on that little fob, mm-hmm. forward operating base. And, and you would I would do a service for them. And um, just a, a great joy. I, I think one of my most memorable worship services was, was on a Christmas Eve when I was deployed. And just in a little kind of a wooden shack. Tell us about it. With about um, 10 soldiers in... Um, you know, serving communion and reading the scripture and praying, just very simple service, but the presence of God being there. And and then uh, the other thing that I love about being a chaplain is, you know, you were their chaplain. Um, you know, you go to a different unit, but you still, you make these connections. Mm-hmm. And so I'm connected with so many soldiers um, from all the units that I've been in. And, and I can see how... The seeds that are sown, you know, whereas you don't beat people over the head with the Bible, sure, you know, but you're living Christ and you're loving mm-hmm. uh, them with Christ's love and, and it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. In, in the chapel that you did at Lee University, you talked about this idea from Deuteronomy of how easily it is for us to forget God, mm-hmm. you know, or to maybe turn our backs on God, mm-hmm. right? So, and you're sharing now about a very intimate moment where the um, the soldiers that were in that environment began to experience a personal encounter, you know, mm-hmm. with at least at least the presence of God. Whether or not they got to the person of God, I don't know. But they in that kind right. of setting, they could they could at least be respectful, or they could sense what was going on. So in in that idea and in that thought, what are some of the ways that you think that that we easily forget God in present day? You know, we're living in a day of chaos, right? It's mm-hmm. incredible chaos. By the way, I'm very pro-military. I'm very thankful for your service as a young Marine in the early '80s. You know, enlisted. I um, I'm, I'm still devoted to um, you know to my my memories there, and, and I love it. I'm just doing something different now. But but what are some ways in, in in real life that you're seeing that that we're we're forgetting God? That God is not the primary, and He should be the primary. 
Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Well, I think in in a the high op tempo mm. of the military, uh, it's very easy to be become very task oriented and mission oriented. You know, mission first. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a new chief staff of the Army who says people are first mm -hmm. because people are the ones who, who make the mission happen. And, and I think that's a good turn. But in this uh, pursuit of um, accomplishing the mission and uh, making things happen, um, the more eternal ideas sometimes uh, can get lost. And, and that's why we need chaplains. Uh, we need we need people there who are the the presence of God uh, to to remind our leaders mm -hmm. um, of the things that that truly matter. Mm -hmm. Another another point that you you talked about was not just forgetting God, but forgetting that God is our source, mm -hmm. right? So for those persons who who listen to us, that maybe God's a foreign name to them, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't even know who this God is you're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe to some of our listeners who have grown up in this, you know, Lena, you and I have grown up in this this church thing, right? And so easily to become so robotic in that in that environment. What what are some ways that that you you would recommend to the civilian types, right? In ways that you're modeling for your your soldiers to, because I think that. Chaplaincy doesn't just depend on you as the chaplain. It needs to be translated down, you know, to the foot soldiers, to mm -hmm. to me, to everybody else, because mm -hmm. we have a role in this whole idea of being reminded of who God is and that we need to make his presence a reminder for people who don't yet know him or who have somehow kind mm -hmm. of vacated this this uh, idea of God in their own mind. So the question I'm, I'm getting to is how how do we in everyday life, it's easy when you say, okay, I'm in a... I'm in a little tent in a FOB somewhere on a Christmas Eve, and we know we're going to take 35 minutes or an hour, and we're going to do God stuff. That's mm -hmm. easy done. But right. in everyday living, what are some ways that you're seeing that we can reflect, mm -hmm. not be a refraction, but reflect the goodness of a creator to people who really, really need to see him? Because you, talk, you want to talk about jacked up lives. They're out there. Oh, yes. How can we do this? Just I tangible, practical easy ways I think I think a lot of it has to do with just being able to listen mm. to people mm. and to value the individual and hear stories um, our, our soldiers they come into the army for, from many different backgrounds for many different reasons and they have a story to tell and it's quite remarkable some of the things that they have already made it through in their life when they come into the army and just being that presence there, being that safe place, mm -hmm. that place of hospitality uh, where they know that they can come and talk. And, you know, with the chaplain, the soldier has 100 percent confidentiality. Sure. And so they know that they can come talk to the chaplain. And if that chaplain is in tune with the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and values that soldier, what an opportunity for mm -hmm. Christ's love to be seen in a very practical way, you know. So, so coming from being a mom, right? You're still a mom, but from being a stay-home mom, who had these four kids, and now you know your son's just here. So for the 12 years you've been in the military, they had both a father and a mother, right? Is your husband still active duty? He is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they had two parents, right? Who who were very much devoted to the army. Um, 
What are some lessons that you learned as a mom that have helped you be better in your role as a chaplain? That's an interesting question. You know, a lot of people want to flip it the other way. What are some ways that you've learned as a chaplain to be better as a mom, but you're first a mom? Right, right. right. What were lessons that you took from being a stay-at-home mom that have made you better as a chaplain in the Army? Um, it kind of goes back to to what I was saying about being just being available mm-hmm. uh, to people. And sometimes our soldiers need... A good kick, a good, in the, mama. A good kick in the seat of the pants. <laughs> there you go. There you, you know, go. and and yes, they need love and they yeah. need they need some nurture, but sometimes they just need someone to say, "Hey, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And I, I still haven't perfected that counselor face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my soldiers, because you know, when you're with your soldiers, you're in a relationship with them. You know them. You're doing the the hard stuff together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll remember being a cable dog for a day and mm-hmm. blistering mm-hmm. heat of Iraq with there a pickaxe and the, the rocky terrain. Mm-hmm. And when you're with them day in and day out, um, they know that you care about them. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of affords you that opportunity to just say, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And just being a little bit direct um, and and I think that that's that's helpful. You know, being a boy's mom. Sure. Um, I think I think all the way around. Pyrenex mom, a, a kid who sets sets, <laughs> sets ant hills and fields on fire, right? So right. a mom of somebody like Wesley, yeah, yeah. So so this idea that, that God is can be so abstract, mm-hmm. but yet under that tent and that fob on a Christmas Eve, He can at least be close. How can we help people to understand that when the chaplain isn't there? when mom and daddy are not there, mm-hmm. that they can still experience that God who knows us by name, who mm-hmm. knows me by name, right? Right. How can, we, how can we help people understand that? That whole relationship piece, what does that look like mm-hmm. in everyday life? I think, I think it looks like modeling it. Mm. Um, when, when you are... In a relationship with God, mm-hmm. and it comes as natural to you as breathing, and you are with soldiers, and it's a part of who you are. I think they see that, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I think of one particular uh, soldier of mine who, you know, I've been with her through, um, you know, bad decisions, bad choices, and you know, not a believer. Sure. Uh, but she knew that I loved her, and she mm-hmm. knew that I was, mm-hmm. and I'm her chaplain. Um, and, you know, years later, she was one of my first soldiers. Mm-hmm. Years later, she sends me a message and says, Chaplain Nichols, I am in a Bible study, and I wow. finally get it. I get what it means. Mm-hmm. You know, in some sense, what you're saying, mm-hmm. that he knows my name. Mm-hmm. I get what this is all about now. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, you know, I didn't have anything... Uh, to do with that directly, but I like to think I would like to think that just my loving her and being there with her through her bad decisions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. through her hard times, uh, always with prayer and, and with love, mm-hmm. that um, you know somehow God used that. The the counselor types in the room, the Lenas, you know, the <laughs> Gary Riggins, the Quaglianas, those kind of people, they're going to call it the double S principle. This is what mm-hmm. Gary Riggins calls it: show up. Mm-hmm. And shut up. You know, sometimes yeah. it's got to be showing up and yeah. shutting up. I'm just there, right? The presence of being, mm-hmm. their power, the influence mm-hmm. of being there. 
Um, we're about to close this episode because um, time doesn't allow us to go much longer. But I, but I want to hear from you before we close today on, because a lot of people get this idea that, you know, that I can do what I want to do. And God may give us that choice. But also, we got to figure out how to do what God wants us to do. So you're a mom. You're a stay-home mom. You're successful in that role. You start pastoring, for lack of a better term, right? The people who your your husband is serving, mm-hmm. those, those soldiers abroad. God knocks on your heart's door, right? You decide, okay... I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Right. Um, maybe it wasn't all mapped out for you that day. Maybe there was a little fear in your heart. I don't know. Maybe there was some unsurety. Sure. That God's God, but there's some still unsurety in that. Right. Mm-hmm. How do we hear God? Because mm-hmm. you either heard God by your husband or you heard God in yourself or you heard God in a confirmation in the word or somehow you were assured that God that God was going to bless your efforts here, right? So, right. So in the latter part of your service, your sermon today, you talked about God has a purpose for every one of us. How in the world can we find that purpose in a culture who doesn't really understand God, much less really value him? How can mm-hmm. we find that purpose that the creator has got his design upon my life for mm-hmm. this time, for this season, to do his good work. How do we find that? Mm-hmm. So like I said today in chapel, um, I believe it's a daily living. Mm. And, and I was raised by parents who taught me that if I committed my work to the Lord, that he would establish it mm. and that he would lead me, like I said today, in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And so I, I just... You know, I had four children, and for sanity's sake, I would get up before they got up just so I would have some time with the Lord to read the Word and to pray and to just— and so every day, Mm -hmm. just putting yourself in that place where, you know, God can speak to your heart and— that's kind of what I what I endeavored to do. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'd be frustrated because I felt like, why can't I have this, maintain this peace yeah. throughout the rest of the day when chaos is breaking loose, you know, mm-hmm. with the kids and everything. But I, be, I firmly believe that if you are um, seeking God every day, that his will will, will be not be known to you. And, and when he, when I felt him calling me into this, I knew, I knew that this is what he wanted me to do. And, and that, that became important to me because there were naysayers mm-hmm. who said, what about your children? Sure. And maybe I was a little smart alecky, but I was like, oh, I do have kids, don't I? Wow. <laughs> I guess I need to think about that. You know, Maybe but, I need to let God <laughs> help me with that, you know? No, but, but of course, you know, I had yeah. prayed about this. You yeah. know, if, if, they had wor- if they were worried about my kids, then of course I was. Sure. But I had people in my life like Meryl Smart. Yep. Um, who said to me, if God is calling you to do this, he will take care will of take your care children. Of yeah. And and so that is what we what we found to be true through mm-hmm. deployments, through everything. God took care of our children. And all I prayed for was that my children would be mighty men of God, mm-hmm. that they would love God with all their heart, their soul, their strength, their mind, and love their neighbor as their self. Mm-hmm. And thank God. You know, and to mm-hmm. me that's a testimony that that God called me into this ministry because he kept my kids. Right. And, right. you know, a mom's heart for her children, there's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I'm thankful, mm-hmm. thankful. 
Well, I think your story is encouraging for all of us. And, Lena, I know you haven't said much, but you've been a great supporter beside yeah, your friend. I love and, it, too. And <laughs> I think being a supporter is things that we, we often neglect. We forget mm-hmm. the walking along beside, you know, or the random encouraging or the, the sending a note or whatever the case may be. It's been great to have you, uh, Major Nichols. Thank you so much for joining us today. And when you see your son, Wesley, you tell him that the old guy has forgiven him for setting the uh, anthill, maybe not the field, on fire on that particular day. Okay? It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. As always on Surfcast, I want to encourage you and remind you that you're made for more. There are people in the world that need you. Yeah, they may need somebody else, but my hunch is they need you. The question is, will you be available to... Step into their world um, by the influence and the inspiration of the Creator so you can make a difference. So do me a favor today. Regardless of where you stand on the political arena, regardless of where you stand on pro-military or not military, reach out to somebody who is a public servant in your community or a military personnel that you know. Perhaps you know somebody who's in the military, you haven't talked to them in a while. Send them a note. Guys, from being a young Marine in the early 80s, I still have letters that were sent to me cards that were given because I believe that the creator gave us a name and we need to find out what every other person's name is because it's in that way that we live out this faith that we practice so much that makes an impact on somebody else's life. Have a great day. We'll catch you next time on Surfcast. Thanks for tuning in to Surfcast with Dr. William Lamb. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Surfcast to stay updated on special guests and future episodes.